So we're not done, no matter what anyone says. I know what you want. You want me back. Welcome to Wasted Potential Podcast for our new episode of Glass Half Full. I am Ronnie, your host, and with me, as usual, is... Oh, I f***ed it up. I wanted to change the title. Let me start this again. Hmm. Welcome to Rapist Potential Podcast, the <laughs> podcast in which we only talk about Brian Singer directed films starring Kevin Spacey. I am Ronnie, your host, and with me, as usual, is the only person who's not been molested in Hollywood, Shane. Um, you can you can take that title away from me now. <laughs> I was at a bar. Kevin Spacey thought I was twelve. <laughs> Hey, at least you you look young. Can we insert Kevin Spacey threatening people? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was only gonna put in that um, clips of the video of him threatening people as the as the fake president of House of Cards. <laughs> if I didn't pay the price for the things we both know I did do, I'm certainly not gonna pay the price for the things I didn't do. I showed my wife that, and she's like, and I was like, just keep in mind that this is like the studio had nothing to do with this. This is him in his house just doing this. She's like, that's fucking weird. I was like, yeah. I should like uh I should have looked up who like directed it and edited it and uploaded it for him because that person I want to talk to. Because yeah. I want to know if, if they knew beforehand or they just like got suckered into a oh, I can do a video with Kevin Spacey. That's pretty exciting. And then he's like, Oh my god. Threatening <laughs> witnesses in character. <laughs> Incredible. Okay. Let's get into this. Um, this is a glass half full episode. We have not done one in a long time. Shane, do you remember the last one we did together actually in January? Um, was it? It was your pick too. I don't know. Um, fuck. Uh, was it Bruges? No, it's Office Space. Mmm. Oh, that is terrific. I think it was December, actually. It's pretty old. We, 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 we haven't really been doing a lot of podcasts this yeah. year. We've been busy. But this is our first glass half full. So uh, the premise of this is we talk about a film at least one of us likes and kind of do a deep dive. And I'll um, I'll interview Shane because he picked the movie. And then I'll ask him a couple of questions to get a conversation started. And hopefully we start yelling at each other <laughs> at some point. So Shane, tell us what film are we molesting i mean uh, dissecting today well i chose the film the usual rapist and um or also known as the usual suspects which i i don't <laughs> remember the year i think it was like 94 it's 95 95 yeah so the 1995 film usual suspects a crime thriller um mild comedy about <laughs> kevin spacey uh, limping his way through a story to give us an insane reveal at the end. <laughs> I'll give a little um, information backstory about this because I'm guessing you didn't do any research. None. I didn't think so. Okay, so this is a 1995 film directed by the one, the only, the forgotten Brian Singer, unless you're one of his um, you know, plaintiffs, <laughs> uh, written by Christopher <laughs> McQuarrie, winner of two Oscars. Shane, do you want to guess what it won two Oscars for? Th this movie? Yeah. Um, e editing and score? <laughs> no, uh, writing. 
Christopher McQuarrie okay. won Best Oscar for the for Best Original Screenplay, and Kevin Spacey won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. And uh, I know this I is going to come out with that. <laughs> uh, this is going to come really late because I'm behind in editing, but it's just kind of show you that uh, Hollywood likes to reward those who don't deserve anything. <laughs> and the Oscar is presented to Kevin Spacey and the Usual Suspects. And the Oscar. Goes to Roman Polanski. And the Oscar goes to... Will Smith! The winner is... Woody Allen for Annie Hall. And the Oscar goes to... Jared Leto. And the Oscar goes to... Kevin Spacey in American Beauty. Harvey Weinstein, Bob Weinstein, God bless him. Harvey Weinstein, who believed in us and made this movie. Harvey and Bob Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Thank you, Harvey Weinstein. Especially Harvey. I want to thank Harvey and Bob Weinstein. Thank Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey, who first took me on 20 years ago. I would like to thank Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein, who had the guts, the courage, the commitment. Especially Harvey Weinstein, a man of dedication and vision. Uh, Harvey Weinstein. Well, listen, so... Harvey and Bob Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey and Bob. And Harvey and Bob Weinstein. To you, Harvey. Harvey Weinstein. The Harvey Weinstein. The Harvey Weinstein Company, okay? Thank you, Harvey Weinstein, for putting your heart behind this film and shining the light on this. Shane, can you do the best to give us a synopsis of this film? I think it's a little hard to do. This um, is like this... reviewing The Sixth Sense, because, like, the twist is the key. It's literally the whole movie. <laughs> it's, like, everything that the movie's about. But I will try to give a synopsis without revealing the twist. Okay. It was 1995. A boat full of Hungarians needed to be whacked. So there we are. Charred bodies everywhere. A reveal of a man pissing. <laughs> Fast forward to an assortment of Ocean's Eleven-like people being <laughs> gathered up for this crime for some odd reason that really never gets explained. They just are. Because a van full of guns was also broken into? It doesn't matter. All the usual suspects are gathered up by the LAPD or NYPD and brought in for questioning about uh, this van that was stolen. Um, shenanigans and lots of, like, you know, ah, suck my cock, cop, like, things <laughs> happen. And they go to a lineup. Oh, what's his name? It's not Benicio Del Toro. It's a... What's that actor's name? It was Kevin Pollack, Gabriel Brin, Stephen Baldwin, Benicio Del Toro, and Kevin Spacey. Oh, it is Benicio Del Toro. Or Benicio Del Toro. They all get drawn to a room where Benicio Del Toro farts on them, and they all <laughs> laugh. And then um, they get free, but, you know, while they're in prison, um, what the Irish guy, who's like the weakest character of them all, uh, says, I got a job. And then not Mike. I keep calling him Michael Keaton. But it's it's something else, Keaton. Dean Keaton. Uh, <laughs> Dean Keaton, uh, who's like this con man, dirty cop guy. Uh, keeps saying no, I'm not gonna join. But then he joins, 
and uh, they have like this idea to to rob, do a job for this guy named Redfoot in L.A. Um, so they do the job. It goes poorly. Oh, this is after they hit the New York taxi service. Which they just do a couple <laughs> jobs for money, and then they do one job that goes wrong, and so they find out that they think they were set up. There's a lot of like criminalisms, like they they fast talk and they use like what is it? S- not pseudonyms, but like turn of phrases for everything. Yeah. So it, unless you're like actively like thinking about what the fuck that means, it's basically pikey. Um <laughs> But so they do the job, they think they've been set up, so then they find out that they were hired by this guy this lawyer named Kobayashi, um who has given them the Kobayashi Maru. And <laughs> I was going to see if you're going to do the Star Trek <laughs> reference. Nice. <laughs> and uh, so they find out the only way to win is to not play at all. Um, <laughs> wait. <laughs> and then uh, they try to kill Kobayashi, but Kobayashi reveals that he is just an errand boy for this uh, like dark criminal like underworld figure named Kaiser Soze, or uh, insert Hungarian, Kaiser <laughs> Soze! Um, but uh, so they basically find out that they're pawns in this, and that he wants them to rob a ship full of Hungarians with ninety-one million dollars of cocaine, um, so that he can corner the market on cocaine. And basically, their job is to blow up the boat, destroy all the cocaine, and if there's money aboard, they get to keep it. And it could be upwards of ninety-one million dollars. Um, all along on the side, there is a survivor from the boat who's a crispy critter <laughs> laying at the, uh, who's being interviewed by, uh, Breaking Bad chicken owner, uh, es- Giancarlo Esposito, Yeah, I, I can't remember his, oh, uh, Gus, his name's Gus in Breaking Bad. He became a much better actor later on in life. Um, <laughs> he must've gone to acting school or something because he did not do a good job at this. Um. <laughs> But so he's like trying to find out because this Hungarian saying it was Kaiser Soze. So they have a sketch artist and they're trying to figure out like his angle. Um, all the while they plan this this robbery of the boat. They do it. Uh, a lot of shoosting happens. And then systematically they all start to die on the boat. Um, and then it kind of leads all the way back to the intro scene from the beginning and uh this is all being revealed in an office um where verbal kent aka uh i kept wanting to say verbal cunt um <laughs> I, is being interviewed by a law and order guy um jazz parliamentary yeah he's interviewing him in this office because verbal kent has gotten away with everything um his lawyer kind of did some stuff which no one bats an eye that he has like some insane lawyer and uh he's just a random con man yeah well but yeah. <laughs> eh, you know but so that's how this story is being revealed is verbal kent is te- a- aka kevin spacey is telling this story in the office yeah and then and then it ends with a big reveal which we'll discuss later if it sounds convoluted it's actually not that convoluted um I mean, it is when you think about it. Yeah. We'll get into it, but the whole my the whole thing of this is just like it's pretends to be smarter than it is, 
Oh yeah, that's one of my notes. And <laughs> and I don't. I'm just gonna say this now. I don't hate this movie. I think there's so many things around it is why I don't really care for this movie. But it's. I think the hype of it is I just don't get it. But my I have two alternative titles for this movie. My first one is Red Herring the movie, or the better <laughs> one I just thought of right now is Who Framed Kaiser Soze. Who Framed Kaiser Soze? That one's a better <laughs> one. There. I like that one. Um, so I guess a, really quickly a little. So when bit it of- tries to be smarter, mm-hmm. sorry, really quick on that note of being smarter, I hate it in crime movies. I mean, I kind of like it. I'm because I'm gonna say I loved it, but they try to sound smart by using like underworld language and it's like yeah you know so he walks in you know using new york taxi's finest service you know uh they come in they get transported two bags and a bagel and uh that and you're like (laughs) what the fuck does any of that mean because you watch like the like fbi files or something where they're hunting mafia and he's like you you, they don't talk like this they go so so i totally stabbed the guy five times (laughs) like they're not like oh so i gave him a couple one twos and moved on like (laughs) Well, the um, the director, not director, the writer Christopher McQuarrie, I think, worked as a detective, or at least somewhere in a police office. So that's where they get all the, um, like the uh, the jargon and kind of like the the, mm. the criminalisms, as you kind of set up. That's where they kind of comes from. He's full of shit, man. <laughs> well, the Academy <laughs> thinks it was worth it. Um... <laughs> oh wow! Wow! Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Get my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Okay. So my biggest thing with this movie is it's not the movie itself. It's kind of the, the mystique surrounding it. Um, I took like uh, a couple film classes in college because it just interested me and that it wasn't a film major. But this is always the movie that like obnoxious film nerds would constantly talk about. They would say, did you know that Benicio Del Toro farted in that scene oh, and it was all improvised God. and changed it? Or did you know that throughout the entire film, there's little hints about who Kaiser Soze is. And like the very beginning, they always mentioned the pissing thing. They always talk about like, Oh, because this and this and this. And it's just like, it, it irritates me because it's like that stuff is little Easter egg writing. Doesn't make for a good movie in my opinion. So it doesn't interest me at all, but. And the Easter eggs are so convoluted that they're not even Easter eggs. They're like, it's almost like you're creating Easter eggs. It's like you go, oh, that must mean this, and that must mean this. It's not like a literal, like, you know, like, oh, shit, that was a giveaway. There is no giveaways. Like, I was looking for them this time, and there was no obvious giveaways that you go, oh, my God, that was it. Like, in The Sixth Sense, there's a lot of those, but you don't notice them. And I think that's a better reveal movie than this is. Yeah, it's, like you said, it's, they... Well, literally, the the author he he had an ending and wrote backwards because if you look mm-hmm. because this also is one of those very famous commentary tracks that film nerds like to listen to, and it's a singer in Macquarie, 
and they reveal everything. Like, like they're like bad magicians. They just tell you everything what's going on. And it's kind of like, uh, it's not really as interesting to me knowing that, but whatever. Let's, let's get into some of the positives here. So shame. Brian Singer did X-Men, right? Yeah. He did, uh, X-Men, um, a uh, lot of shit. The first one. He yeah. did the the first two. Then he did a couple of the the later ones as well. He's done a lot of things. He was a. He's kind of an unimpressive director, from what I remember. Um, yeah. So he what he's known for besides potentially raping uh, young men is um <laughs> is he what everyone says about him is he takes risks. Do you remember how the first X Men movie opened? Uh. He attacked the White House, right? No. So the very first X-Men movie in 2000 opens on a concentration camp in Nazi Germany. Oh, yeah. And everyone said that's extremely tasteless. So, like, it goes back to that, like, he takes weird kind of narrative risks. Like, for this one, the entire hinge of the plot depends upon Verbal's testimony. And we'll get into this later about, like, well, I think that's a problem for me from a writing perspective, but it he hinges everything on really interesting kind of like or at least risky starting points. So it is what it is. How is Magneto in a concentration camp a risky starting point? Isn't like the character actually a survivor of like a concentration camp in the comics? Oh, uh, I think so. But no, but it's just it's just like you're starting off your your goofy comic book movie with genocide of the jews so it's kind of a weird tonal <laughs> starting point so like to me it doesn't offend me but it's just weird to start off your because the next scene is wolverine fighting in a bare knuckle brawl with some guys in a cage fight so it's <laughs> it's a tonal weirdness i'll allow that <laughs> whatever the whole point is brian singer is known for his movies but i, I don't think his directing style is interesting but he he's got his his stamp on a really popular like Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. Once again, this is voted like number 35 on IMDb's greatest movies of all fucking time. So what do I know? Not a lot, apparently. Apparently I don't know shit. Um, so, so the first question here, as we start, stop bitching here. What is, um, what are three oh, I things? I stop. I know. You picked the fucking movie. What did it pick three things that you love about this movie? Pick me, give me one at least. Okay. So this is going to be like this movie, very convoluted. Um, I, will probably bitch a lot, but I will state for the record right now, I still love this movie and liked it a lot. I actually love it a little bit less than I remember, but I, I still like it a lot. It's kind of like once you've had like really good candy, you like, I don't know, like C's or something, you go, oh, this is really good. But you like Snickers a little less, <laughs> but you still like Snickers. All right. <laughs> With that said, the first thing I loved is something I bitched about earlier. I love the dialogue. The fast pace, especially the interaction between um, Verbal Kent and the detective. Um, the detective's a little much for me, but I love that he's just like threatening Verbal that he'll have him raped in prison. <laughs> <laughs> like, Let me get right to the point. I'm smarter than you. And I'm going to find out what I want to know. And I'm going to get it from you whether you like it or not. I'm not a rat. Why me? 
Why not Fester and McManus or Hockney? Why me? I'm stupid. I'm a cripple. Why me? Because you're a cripple, Verbal. Because you're stupid. Because you're weaker than them. <laughs> you know a dealer named Ruby Deemer, Verbal? You know a religious guy named John Paul? You know Ruby's in Attica? He didn't have my lawyer. I know Ruby. He's big on respect. He's a good friend of mine. Likes me very much. Now, I know your testimony is sealed. Ruby's well-connected. He's got a lot of friends inside, do a lot of favors for him. What do you think he would say if he found out you dropped his name to the DA? There's nothing in there about Ruby. I'll be sure to mention that to him. Like, that, like, he's just, he is, like, the dirtiest detective. And, like, but I, I love their exchanges. And I love the, how Verbal Kent talks about things and, and stuff like that. I mean... There's a reason Kevin Spacey's known for being a damn good actor, and it's because of all the adrenochrome he's been slurping out of young boys. Like, he's just fucking, he's just good. He's damn good. And uh, those, I think, are the best parts of the movie are in the office with those that dynamic. So that's the first thing I love. Really quickly, um, uh, Chaz uh, Palmateri, good actor. He is not a detective. Do you know what his occupation in this is? Like his his job oh, in the movie. Oh, wasn't he um like the Treasury Department or something? He's a customs agent. Yeah. <laughs> Why? That was my first question. How does I'm a customs like, agent know mafia guys in prison to rape him? Why does he fucking care? Why That's does a custom true. agents care about this? The only the only tie into this is the entire plot is Chaz Palmateri wants to catch Gabriel Brin. Uh, not Harry Dean Stanton. What the fuck is his name? Um, uh, Keaton. Dean Keaton. Uh, Dean Keaton. He wants to get Dean Keaton the entire time. That's what he wants to get. But Keaton is like a known murderer. How does that relate to customs? Customs is like international problems, right? Don't customs yeah, like focus on international criminals? And like yeah. Customs is like, yeah, like illegal transportation of firearms and shit, I would think. Or like Yeah, and, and the, the main plot is they arrest those five usual suspects because... Of a shipment off a truck, it wasn't. It didn't say that like they weren't smuggling in the guns, dude. That I'll get to that. <laughs> That's definitely um, something I had a problem with. Because okay. I thought originally he was FBI or something. Yeah, it, that's what that, that would make more sense. All this would make way more sense. But the only detective in there is um, Juan Carlos Esposito, or Espo, Esponito, whatever. Esposito. Yeah, his name. He's the only detective. Everyone else is. There's the chief, who's the the guy who plays the chief in every like uh, or plays the boss in every movie, whose name I can't remember. And then the, everyone else is just like a, a random like beat cop. <laughs> He's like the commissioner's gonna have my balls for this. That's, <laughs> that's all he says. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's always like a staple of it. Oh, they're gonna have my nuts for this. So oh, don't are do you this, killing me here, guy? I don't even know who you. You're some random customs agent, but I have no power here, even though I'm the yeah. boss. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, the the press and the chief's got to have my nuts for this. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you that that's the kind of, for me, the most interesting part is like that back and forth. Cause you have two good actors, um, uh, Kevin Rapey and Chaz Palminteri <laughs> are like good back and forth. They have a good, like, um, chemistry back and forth. I think the dialogue is like stupid between them, but, but once again, oh, I so think, stupid. I, I think the two of them elevate it because, Kevin Spacey is a monster, but it doesn't make him any less of a good actor. But that's the whole point, right? He's a monster. He can pretend to be not a monster. So he's a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Before we go, I have, uh, do, you, do you watch House of Cards? Do you watch Scandal? What are your thoughts on those shows? You know, I watch House of Cards. I haven't seen Scandal yet, but Michelle has watched uh, Scandal. I have to tell you, life in Washington is a little more boring than displayed on the screen. I hope so. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is most, of the, if you followed me, most of my day is sitting in a room uh, listening to a bunch of uh, folks in gray suits uh, talking about a whole bunch of stuff that uh, wouldn't make very good television. I, I wish things were uh, that uh, ruthlessly efficient. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I was looking at Kevin Spacey, I was thinking, man, this guy's getting a lot of stuff done. <laughs> I told you my deepest, darkest secrets. I showed you exactly what people are capable of. I shocked you with my honesty, but mostly I challenged you and made you think. And you trusted me, even though you knew you shouldn't. Um, number, number two, I, I love the reveal. Um, this movie, like The Sixth Sense, is kind of just something I'll point to a lot. Um, Give me 24 minutes, by the way. I'm not revealing it. I'm oh, just okay. saying that. I'm just saying that that's my favorite part. The big reveal or twist, this whole, this that's what this movie's known for. That is what the whole thing is built upon. And I, I do think it's actually done pretty well. Like, the first time you see it, you're just like, oh my god. And then the second time, you know it's coming, and you're just like, man, that's that's good. That's cool. That's my whole point of this. We couldn't make it 25 minutes without not addressing the only reason anyone likes this movie. Oh, the movie sucks without the reveal. But that's the whole point. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, like, there's only one thing about this movie that people talk about. So I spent last night reading a bunch of reviews. So I'm trying to figure this out. Like, I don't hate this movie, like I said. I just don't get it. I just don't understand. And I, and I think I'll dive deeper into that. I think the problem is... The whole point is I don't give a shit about um, the fucking name, uh, Dean Keaton. I don't give a shit about him. But the entire main focus is proving that Dean Keaton is kind of so there. He's not who he says he is. I just don't give a shit about that. So then the entire yeah. reveal, I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But then, uh, okay, well, well, uh, I can't. Talk about this okay. without fucking spoiling this fucking so movie. So here is how I'll point to a good movie on how you start your movie from the end and right backwards in a good way. Spy Games with Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. Never seen it, but go ahead. That movie is a very well-written movie on how you start from the end and you write backwards. Um, because what you do is you have two characters. You have Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. And Robert Redford is basically going to just sacrifice his whole career and everything to rescue Brad Pitt from a Chinese prison. Mm, I would do that. The movie would not be released now. China number one. Um, China would would just keep Brad Pitt as like a trophy because he's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to do my Asian accent. Oh, good. <laughs> um, I'll insert a, uh, a South Park one so, so we'll be so good. We are going to kill Brad Pitt. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but the rest of the movie is is basically showing why Robert Redford cares about Bad Pitt. It goes through like their time together, their things, you know, like the missions they did together, the recruitment and things like that. So then by the end when he executes, we're caught up into like 
modern times, you understand the characters and what goes forward. Mm -hmm. This movie doesn't do that because, well, shit. Okay, fuck it. The spoiler alert, the entire thing is a Okay, if you have never seen The Usual Suspects, don't listen to the rest of this. Turn it off, go watch it, make a decision for yourself, and you can come back. If you don't give a shit about spoiling, if you've never seen it, or if you've already seen it, then continue forward. But we can't talk about this movie without spoiling the shit of it. So go ahead. Yeah, okay. Well, so, like, I just explained how Spy Games does it, and they explain everything. This movie doesn't because any character building gets the rug pulled out completely from you and the whole thing's a farce yes so like you you just go what was the point of all that like the whole point was so that he could like run the clock until his bail posted no because he doesn't even fucking have to no he has immunity he he could just sit there and drink coffee so so literally the only reason they're doing this is for verbal to fuck with uh Terry. That is the that only is reason, but like, why would the the greatest supposed criminal mastermind in the entire world risk it all out there besides just fuck with the cops? And that's, and I know that ties back into the film. I know at one point, uh, Verbal says that Dean, um, the Dean Kane wanted to, um, Dean to fuck Kane. over the, no, Dean Kane. Uh, Dean Kane <laughs> wanted to fuck over the cops. So I get that he has that kind of fuck you attitude, but then. Everything we we watched for ninety minutes is pointless. Yeah, and that's I I I mean I'm okay with it in a way, but th- there needs to be more, and that'll get into my like things I would change. But um, my third love, um, and I noticed it more in this as I keep doing these movie podcasts, I just start to notice these things a little bit more. Um, the camera work, I actually really enjoyed a lot of the the camera work. Uh, the big panning shots and the the crane work, and just like a lot of interesting, cool things that were done, um, cinematography wise in this, I enjoyed. It added a little extra to the scenes that would otherwise be boring. Um, the one I noticed for sure is like Dean Keaton's walking up to the boat, um, to assault the Hungarians, and like the camera kind of does this pan up to him. Instead of just, like, focusing on him walking down. There's another one where it's, like, Giancarlo Esposito. I just keep saying that because I don't know his fucking name in this Just call film. him Gus. He's Gus. He's Gus from Breaking Bad. He has no name. He's just detective guy. Um, oh, Bear. He's actually in Bear. B-A-E-R. I know this. Oh. Remember it from the thing. Sorry, move okay, on. Okay, well, he's, like, on the docks, like, talking or something. And then it pans up and over to, like, the boat on fire. And you go, oh, shit. Like, I don't like happening. that. I, I, I wrote this down. I don't like that shot. It's pointless because they're already crisped. We know that they're fucking fire. I think it'd be a better establishing shot. You start with that and then you go down to the bodies. You see the carnage. This is the happening. This is this. I, I think it's work reverse. I don't think it's terrible, but it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, I, I can see the 14 charred bodies. Why show me the fire? It doesn't matter. Also, this movie's rated R for nudity and I didn't see the nudity. Was it the guy's butt when he's raping someone? Um... I think you kind of see uh, the dick when he's pissing in the beginning. And then I think you might see some titties when she's being raped. Maybe oh, not. Excellent. Oh, my God. Leave it to Brian Singer to have rape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? Now I like this movie. I forgot about it. Yeah, there you go. I, right? 
<laughs> um, We're joking, goddammit. <laughs> I'm sure there's some Kevin Spacey being like, I'm not joking. <laughs> just, okay. just please don't please, please don't check out my, my Netflix um, watch. Yeah, don't, don't look at his uh, recently watched. It was bullshit. The whole rap was a setup. Okay, um, uh, back to the cinematography. I... <clears throat> I was trying to watch the cinematography because I wanted to see because um, I tried so hard to like this movie. I really did because you and I are texting and you call me a little bitch for not liking this movie and complaining about it. So I try to find things. I, I swear to God, I try to find things I liked about this. So I'm watching cinematography. I like the blocking. I liked um, he frames. There's, there's a lot of good scenes because you have five characters that revolves around for the most part. So he blocks them kind of in a way that you would see all of them in the frame sometimes. So I kind of like that. But the rest of these cinematography feels like boring to me and just kind of he's really focuses on the performances of the characters and the dialogue so i don't really think there's a lot going on the only um really shot of like thing that stood out to me is a couple of the framing things there's one where chaz palmateri's face is like the main frame in the background is like the chief and it's very intentionally kind of phrased so you see chaz palmateri's like serious face and the detective in the background just not giving a shit so it's kind of a good juxtaposition because i feel like the guy in the background <laughs> i don't give a shit while you're the guy in the front like oh, i'm interested in the story going on so i felt that was personal for me but i don't really care about that and then the other good shot is the shot of the two the, of the twin towers you know never forget it's really important to me <laughs> yeah where they got <laughs> raped um jesus is 9-11 yeah 9-11 jokes are in now right um, <laughs> just like this movie I just picture Alex Jones, Alex Jones. <laughs> it's Kaiser Susie <laughs> it was bullshit the whole rap was a setup because I don't care about rules I'm going to add a fourth thing and it's like we can discuss about this It's I love it and I hate it at the same time because what I caught myself doing I don't know if you did the same thing is comparing this movie to Snatch. Yeah, I figured. Because I thought, what is a good, fast-talking, like, criminal movie that is better than this? Pulp fucking fiction? Pulp fiction, Snatch, is what I kept coming to. Because there's a lot of similarities with Snatch. And Bruges, all the things that we've already covered. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but, like, you have the person that talks, like, the pikey. But then you have Benicio Del Toro in this, who... I'm convinced just didn't want to learn the lines. So he came up with this character. <laughs> so uh, according to the commentary track, I think Brian Singer said that um, Benicio Del Toro, because his part was so small, he just started mumbling his lines because because he told him, who cares what I say? Because <laughs> my character doesn't stick around very long. And at first, Singer was upset about that, but then he realized it kind of adds more character to um, what are, what are his fucking name is in it because I don't remember his name. Fenster, yeah. So, uh, so he adds more character to his lack of a character. So that's why he did it. And because he's Benicio del Toro, they let him do it because he's just Benicio del Toro. <laughs> How many the keys, you cocksucker? In English, please. Excuse me. In English. How many fucking keys? You got to talk what the fuck? I, it's entertaining. But at the same time, it's so stupid. Hey, I talk like this. You say, hey, I talk like this. I do like this. I'm like, 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 I
And you're- I just so happened to have the subtitles on this time, so I understood what you were saying for the first time. So I was like, oh, okay. At least Pikey, I could kind of picture and pick out what Pikey was saying. This was just like, so I'm talking like this, right? It's like I went to the dentist, I got some numbing cream, and I had it worn off. Say who? McManus. He told us another story altogether. Oh, is that the one about the hookup with a dysentery? What are you saying? I say, he'll flip you. He'll what? Flip you. Flip you for real. Yeah, I'm shaking. Come on. Okay. Answer my question. And you hit me in the back. Hello? I really, really, really something. I do something about this shit. I ain't gonna hold it every five minutes. So I did a little time. Does that mean I get railed every time a, 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 a truck finds whatever time? Fuck um. Fenster, will you relax? These guys don't have any probable cause. You fucking ain't right. No PC, no goddamn right. You do sometime, never let you go. You know, they treat me like a criminal. Uh, uh, I end up a criminal. You are a criminal. And what you gotta go and do that? I'm trying to make a point. What are you saying? Well, well, Pikey plays into the plot, though. Yeah. The whole point of Pikey is you don't understand it so they can screw you over in a business because they're dirty <laughs> But you still Dorotorio just talking like that it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of like it makes your character also irrelevant because they don't understand what the fuck you're saying. Yeah. So, like, I kind of enjoy it, but the when I think about it, like, it's like eating McDonald's. It, it, when I bite into it, I go, God, this is good. But then I think about it just being plastic horse meat, and I go, oh, I don't like this anymore. And you know that it's just going to be a terrible, terrible piece of shit. This, this is all a farce. <laughs> um, okay. so i try to find things i liked about this um the one that i wrote down that's actually legitimate is i like benicio del toro <laughs> which is ironic i i think the only thing i reason why i like him is because i just like him in general yeah he's just a good kind of like he has these great kind of little characters just he always does this he does the same thing in snatch he's just like this mumbly kind of weirdo and it's kind of fun like that but i think the benicio del toro always kind of is interesting because he's got a weird looking face He's like handsome, but kind of in a weird kind yeah. of European handsome. <laughs> yeah, or kind of like almost looks a little dirty, kind of like a Johnny Depp kind of in mm-hmm. a way. You could smell him. I guess I like him because I don't care for a lot of the characters in this. The acting isn't terrible, except for one person. I'll get to, we'll get to that later. I'm guessing we're on the same page with it. We'll get that yeah. later. Um, the other thing I like, ironically, is um, Pete Postlewaite plays Kobayashi. Yes. And I think he's playing an Indian. <laughs> I know. I, I think <laughs> what he's, is that accent? I think he's playing an Indian character, and he's Irish as shit. My, my employer has come to tell you that I am British. That's what I'm saying, right? Did you pick up yeah. on that? I think he's I Indian. I am a British lawyer talking to you very like this. We can insert it. I think I did spot on. <laughs> I am Mr. Kobayashi. I have been asked by my employer to bring a proposal to you, gentlemen. My employer requires your services, gentlemen. One job, one day's work. Very dangerous. He does not expect all of you to live, but those of you who do will have $91 million to divide between you in any way you see fit. Who's your boss? I work for Kaiser Soze. It's pretty good. That was actually really good. But um, but I was like, wait, what? Hold on here. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Dude... This is one of those, like, everyone's just like, I have nothing to do in this movie. And Brian Singh is like, shut up! As he's, like, holding, like, two 17-year-olds in thongs. It's gotta be a great movie! <laughs> so they just made shit up. I think, 
from the commentary stuff I was listening to and reading about, there's a lot of things that didn't go the way Singer wanted. So I think the editing mm. kind of might have saved us. I don't think it's like a Star Wars thing where 100% saved editing, but but like a lot of Brian Singer, I think, is kind of like a I control things. But I think he learned in this movie to kind of let actors play with them more because that whole lineup scene was shot for like, okay, so this is, if you're a film nerd, you already know this yeah. shit, so I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I'm guessing you don't know this, is the, the lineup scene, uh, when all five of them are lined up there, the actors kept fucking up their lines, and they're all laughing hysterically, because they're like slap happy, tired, and doing it, and singers like yelling at them behind the camera, saying, fuck, stop, stop doing this shit. <laughs> and literally, Benicio Del Toro was like farting, and like doing <laughs> jokes, and fucking with like singer, and then Singer decides post to make it a comedy scene, to make the characters more likable, make him think that this whole thing is a farce. Because Singer wanted it to be a serious noir, like, oh, it's a serious lineup. But now then they're all laughing at it. So I think in hindsight, he learned a lot about directing <laughs> from the actors. Put it up, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hands up, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> So that's uh, that's kind of the whole thing. Like you said, I think this is all a farce, and it's kind of a... So in a way, the actors saved this film. That, or at least they add more depth to it, because there's no characters. No, there's none. Here's my biggest gripe, is the entire narrative is verbal telling Chaz Palminteri what happened. But by the end, nothing happened. <laughs> so, then, so then, why do I give a shit about any of these characters because most of the narrative revolves around verbal cunt. Dean Keaton. Oh. Yeah. De- <laughs> De- Dean Keaton, <laughs> verbal cunt and telling a story about Dean Keaton saying, basically he's not a terrible guy. He's trying to fix it, but everything in the narrative says otherwise it takes him literally one instance with the cops to entirely make him want to go back into crime and murder people. So it's like, I don't really care about this. So even if the narrative was true, it doesn't matter to me. So then what am I holding on to? Just this twist of an ending that no one really saw coming. But then it's a twist on a twist. Because the first twist is it was Harry and Dean Stanton. But then it's no, it's not. It's the guy you least expect. Mm-hmm. The unusual of the usual suspects. Cool. Yeah, the one that's not part of the usual suspects. But he is there. Which, looking back on the second view, I go oh, it's obvious it's verbal because why the fuck would he be here otherwise? Like, why would this group... Exactly. Because they 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 mull over it, just quickly brush it aside. Like, oh, Dean, Dean vouched for him. He knows him. How the fuck does Dean know him? If he's like some small-time con man, and why would Dean be like, yeah, let's take the cripple on this fucking gun job? And and it's even weirder because because of because uh, verbal cunts, his only thing is it was um, fraud, right? Yeah. It wasn't and supposedly he like, has like a good plan on how to do something without killing people, but like and it's, yeah, and then in the very end it's even more annoying because then he just drops that ruse and say it was all Dean, it was all Keaton the entire time. So then he has no criminal credibility. credibility. Well, and like he has no part in this team. Like McManus is the gun guy, Fenster is the talk guy, and then Dean is criminal mastermind and then the other guy's explosives but he never handles explosives except once except the yeah um so like but verbal i think they wanted to originally paint him as like he's a really good planner 
which okay like mm-hmm. if he demonstrates that he can come up with great plans why you need dean keaton and um but okay but they don't even do that he's completely worthless which then you as the audience go like why is he here and so then by the end you go oh fuck who did it what i want to know is who's the gimp he's okay says you how do i know that what about a pretzel man what's your story his name is verbal verbal kent verbal yeah roger really people say i talk too much yeah i was just gonna tell you to shut up well bring out the gimp leave the gimp sleeping well i guess you just have to go wake him up now won't you maybe they were banking on sympathy Maybe the idea was verbal's the least guilty, but he. But then for the audience, he murders. But, but that's the whole point. But then the audience watches him murder someone. But he, here's where the movie breaks. This, this, this scene's perfect. The second heist job. They tell him there's a guy from Texas coming in with um, diamonds or some yeah. kind of swag, right? And then and then um, Redfoot. Which is racist. Um, Redfoot tells uh, tells him, "You guys get the cash. Just give me the loot." So then they do. They orchestrate this bullshit plan, but it's all fake anyways. Doesn't really matter. So they orchestrate this plan to um, to rob him, and then um, and then for the audience to make us believe that that Keaton is not evil, he 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 holds back on murdering this guy, but then we see Verbal shoot him in the head. Right. Are you telling me that Verbal told the the customs agent that he just murdered someone? No matter if he has immunity, he doesn't have immunity mm. for any crime. It's 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 not like he has immunity for everything. He's immunity just for what happened on the boat, right. not for what happened in All the, the past. All the crimes he committed so, leading up to the boat. Exa- exactly. So so Verbal either told the customs agent that he murdered someone in cold blood. Or that is just there for the audience to make us think that Dean is not really that bad guy, that Verbal is actually someone not to fuck with. And now the movie's broken because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any huh. sense in the logic of the movie or in the logic of the storytelling why Verbal would be a murderer or why he would tell the detective why he's a murderer. Customs guy. <laughs> but, yeah. but but it's, it's broken. It's, it's, it's all true. broken and it doesn't make any sense. So it's like... It's okay. So this movie, I was trying to think of an analogy for this. It's like if a magician was doing a magic trick and the magic trick was he chained himself up, put himself in a big old vat of water. He's underwater, put the curtain there. It says he has 60 seconds to get out before the glass is smashed by an anvil, something ridiculous. Then a minute goes by, it crashes, the, the, the curtain comes back and then Leonardo DiCaprio is standing there. <laughs> Oh my God! It's Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> exactly. The twist has nothing to do with the rest of the the magic trick, and it doesn't make sense to me. Of like, those things don't correlate to my brain. That's true. I like that. You're distracted by the. T- <laughs> that's why. That's why I don't hate this movie. I don't think it's terrible, but I think it's trying to be so smart that it ruins the any credibility of an interesting film. So that's why I'm like. I don't get the hype behind this movie because if you think about it for just a, a little bit, it's not as intelligent as it thinks it is. Because you're stupid. Because you're weaker than them. Brian Singer's sitting there angry because all his only legacy he has is the usual suspects and now we're tarnishing that one thing he might have a credibility. Kevin Spacey touched my cock in a bar. 
<laughs> um, yeah, I guess that can lead into what I would change about this. And this one's tough because it's like, I guess I would just change the whole movie except the end. <laughs> like, um, first, I was going to say I would get rid of McManus or recast him or just change his character completely. That was 100% my number one thing I'd change is Stephen goddamn Baldwin. He's so boring. He's so dumb. And he makes no fucking sense. He acts like a jackass all the time. But he's supposed to be like the gun guy, I guess. But I don't buy him for a second as the gun guy because there's really no setup for him to be the gun guy other than us telling him he's the gun guy. Give me the fucking keys, you fucking cocksucker motherfucker! Knock it off! Get back! No problem. I don't Let's like go. I don't like it. Wait a minute. One more thing, tough guy. Any more surprises, and I'm gonna kill you. You're such a tough guy, McManus. But do me a favor, right? Get the fuck off my fuck. dick. It's okay. So here's another problem with the movie. The movie tells us things, mm-hmm. but doesn't show us things. The movie tells us all about their backstory. So they tell us. Which McManus- you think Brian Singer would be the king of show don't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is the joke of the podcast, Shane. That was well struck, sir. All right, um, but um, but but Stephen Baldwin is character. Okay, so I, th- I think the acting and the character are bad, but Stephen Baldwin elevated to annoyingness. But like um, McManus is the crazy wild card who wants to shoot everyone. Mm-hmm. Which you're an action guy. The, Love it. I think the best action movies are Die Hard and Heat, and then Predator. But Predator's also sci-fi, and and always in those movies, there's always kind of like the wild card. Right, mm-hmm. but I think Stephen Baldwin is so bonkers that he would never be hired on a job at all. He has the crazy eyes, and his answer is shoot everybody. <laughs> why would you, if you're like a crackpot team of thieves, why would you want to have that guy? Except for if things get bad, he'll shoot someone, but more likely than not, he's gonna shoot someone regardless. <laughs> so, why would you want to have him on the team? I know, I'm trying to think, and I think, like, in the Italian job, they have, like, Jason Statham's, like, the muscle. Like, everyone, every team always has, like, the muscle guy, right? The guy that if if things need to get physical or dirty, like, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. But, like, they normally, you, you treat, you're supposed to treat that character as, like, they're quiet or, you know, they, they basically are the chain dog. Like... You only let him off when you need him, and they understand that role. This, he's like a fucking rampaging horny elephant. Like, he's just smashing everything and fucking up everything. Dig, you fuck! Caden, what are we gonna do? This fucking guy is gonna kill us. I don't know about you, Peg Leg, but I can run. I got no problem with that. You run, and we're gonna be digging a hole for you. You got that? This ain't my boy, we're burying. I don't know anybody! So fuck you. He was my partner for five years. We did more jobs, and I saw more money than you can ever count. So fuck you! Because now it's payback! It's not payback! Uh, uh, To go off of that, good point. The person um, who's the wild card in the heist movies is always the guy added last minute because they couldn't find someone else. Who orchestrates the entire first job, Shane? Kazuzuzi! No, it's Stephen Goddamn Baldwin. He's oh, the one who oh, says, I right. heard about a job. Right. He says, because... I heard about this job. And mm-hmm. this job, is this, I'm guessing it's all a lie because Kaiser Sozain. 
But in the narrative that we see, McManus says, I heard about this job. And then Dean says, fuck off, weirdo. You, you're, you're, your brother shot someone. You're crazy. I don't trust you. But, but the whole thing is he's the one who orchestrates the job, but then he's also the one who wants to shoot everyone. Like you can't be a criminal, good criminal forever. If your response is murder everyone. His character sucks, so I would have changed that. But then I, I started to go like, okay, well, what character do I like? So then I just wrote, like, I need to change them all. Like, but the biggest one is not McManus. He's he's not, like, the linchpin that needs to be changed. And the reason why I have a problem with this, it's Keaton. Keaton mm-hmm. is, like, so pivotal, right, to this twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, he's such a key character, but... I don't know jack shit about Keaton. And I never see Keaton do anything. No. Nope. Like he so so we're supposed to think that like Keaton's like this big like Thomas Crown affair. I was like, is he like an uh, an international con man? Because in the beginning he's like talking to those French people about restaurants or something. I was like, oh, so he's like a big con man. No. And I was like, is he an art thief? Like and then they're like, oh, he was a dirty cop. Okay. Oh, he framed his own death or something. And he's oh. also a serial murderer. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck is he? Like, what? And, and anyone is, they're just telling us. I don't get to see Keaton do anything. And then, like, they go, oh, Keaton knows verbal. They're close. But they never show me that they're close. And they never have, like, like a conversation that demonstrates that they're friends or that he would vouch for him. It's all just said, oh, he vouches for me. Like, and, I, and it's also even worse because by the end, Chaz Palminteri has a uh, verbal cunt crying saying that Keaton used you. So, so the movie literally just re-edits itself and shows all these scenes that we didn't see of, of uh, Dean like being mean and abusive to verbal. So it, like, it even double backs on that reality. I, it's, it's so weak. The characters are so weakly written. In Verbal, the only reason I would say he even has a character is because he's the narrator. But even his character is, like, weak. I don't get it. And, and yeah, it's like, oh, because it's all a farce. It's all a lie. Okay, well, I need something to hold on to, though, in order for this whole thing to, like... Because I just get to the end, and I go, like, so... Did those things happen or did they just hit the boat? That's the whole problem is I think they say in this film, maybe I'm breathing in a different movie, but it's like grasping at smoke. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to hold on to. So all you have is a really, to people, an interesting surprise, twist of an ending. But like you said, a good, in my opinion, a good movie is good without a twist. The twist is a cherry on top of it. Mm-hmm. We already mentioned The Sixth Sense. The yep. Sixth Sense is a good, small horror movie that pulls the rug underneath you. If you don't have the ending, you still have a solid movie about a boy coming to terms with fear. Yep. You have a, a solid baseline that you can connect to the characters because you see all the problems going on. Solid baseline, but you pull it underneath you. Um, there's another movie like this called The Tourist. Did you ever see that with Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie? Um. It's an action film, right? Kinda. I think we saw it in theaters together, actually. Maybe. It's um. It's like uh, it's like they're on a train, and spoilers. The twist is Johnny Depp is Kaiser Soze. He's <laughs> the one orchestrating all of it. But the 
but the premise is Angelina Jolie is recruiting Johnny Depp into the criminal life, but the whole twist was he was the one pulling the strings all along. It's the same exact thing. It's like uh, in Along Came a Spider when Ethan Hawke rails out Angelina Jolie. You could see her tits. You, you always get that movie mixed up. It's not Along Came a Spider. It's Taking Lives. Oh. <laughs> That's the second time in the podcast you have made that mistake. Oh. Well, see, funny. Taking Lives, it's hot. <laughs> I don't remember that one. It's it, Ethan Hawke, like, it changes faces. Like, he wears people's faces or some shit. It's fucking dumb. Oh. See, I get that one confused with The Bone Collector with Denzel Washington and Angelina Jolie. Those three movies are very interchangeable. And I also get it confused with the one with Ryan Gosling and I think it's Sandra Bullock where where Ryan Gosling is like a serial killer and Sandra Bullock's going after him and then there's a another twist. I get all those. I get that one confused with the one with um, Anthony Hopkins and Ryan Gosling where – Oh, he, um, he's trying to. He killed his wife, and Ryan yeah. Gosling's a detective. He's he's a lawyer trying to get him, and then yeah. and Anthony Hopkins tricks him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forget what that's called though, but it it's it's like one of those one word movies. That something he's kind of Dragon, I think, or something like that. Or that's Red Dragon. Now you're getting confused with Red Dragon, which is a <laughs> Brett Ratner movie, who's also a pedophile, who also directed the third X Men movie because oh, Brian Singer was doing God. Superman. We came full circle, motherfucker. <laughs> They're all dit kitty diddlers. What the Kaiser Shuzi? Nemetis! What? Kaiser Shuzi! Kaiser Shuzi! Lots of Kaiser Well, whoever Kaiser Shuzi is, I can tell you he's going to get gloriously drunk tonight. <laughs> and that's a question that I'm often asked who is Kaiser Shuzi? And I've always been very cryptic about my answer, but tonight I'm going to tell you who Kaiser Soze is for me. The person who pulls the strings, the person who manipulates, who hovers over us, who gives us life and breath. For me, Kaiser Soze is Brian Singer, the director of this film. Kaiser Soze! Oh my God. Um... <laughs> It was Kaiser <laughs> It was him all along. That was uh, that's the pseudonym for uh, for all the rapists. They're all Kaiser Sose. Um, okay, another thing. This is kind of like the kind of last thing that irritated me in the final scene is uh, verbal cunt says, "I'm not a rat." To mm-hmm. Chaz Palmateri, but he literally tells him everything Just he knows. Rat it out, and he everything. literally made a deal with the DA and his lawyer to. To do six months and get out of it. So, fucking no, you're not. <laughs> um, and even the six months. So, I assume he's not going to serve it because he gets in the car with Kobayashi and, you know, and like that, he's mm-hmm. gone. <laughs> like, I I feel like Chris, uh, Christopher McQuarrie and Brian Singer have some kind of grudge against police and just think they're all really fucking stupid mm-hmm. because because the chain of command of information being passed down is so confusing and and like dumb and no one knows what's going on. I feel like they have a personal beef with the police. It makes sense now what their beef is with the police, but I don't get what it was in 95. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like 
There's a lot of 90s copisms, like 90s movie copisms in this. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you can get some Seven vibes from it and some other. There's just some general. Seven is so much better. I oh, was thinking so about Seven. I was thinking the entire time. Here's here's how you fix this fucking movie. Besides get the, the pedophiles out of there. I guess, you know, let, let them act, but just, you know, lock them up afterwards. Yeah. They let them out of their cage to act and then put them back. So the entire time. In seven, we see the atrocities that the serial killer is doing. Mm-hmm. We have Brad Pitt and Gwyneth Paltrow. We have a connection of their characters. They're struggling just to make ends meet. Morgan Freeman's a day from retiring. That there are so many cliches in there, but they work because they ground it on reality. So by the time the unnecessary twist happens, you're like, holy fucking shit. Mm-hmm. And you have stakes to everything. Yeah. As opposed to this movie where it's like, well, I got nothing. Can you imagine if they were asking Kaiser Soze what's in the box? <laughs> uh, kitty porn. What's, what, what's in it? And just open and it's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> or just smoke in a picture of the devil and say, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> I like don't know. that. <laughs> Uh, what's in the box? You, what's the in the fucking box? Kaiser Shizzy! So, um, infamously, there's only one critic that hates this movie. That, that everyone's like... dare challenge Kevin Spacey and Brian Singer. That would dare Singer. challenge Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey, who at the time said this... Who saw it twice and said this movie sucks. Because I looked up the review. Do you want to guess the only critic you can probably guess of who hates this movie? Um... The only the NY, NYPD Union Tribune writer. <laughs> no, Roger Ebert notoriously yeah, hates this movie. And and like I was reading his review of it and he he's really brutal to it. And but it's kind of the similar idea of like, I just don't get what you grasp onto, but he tears this movie like a new one and everyone's like, Oh, Roger Ebert, this is the one one of the reviews he got wrong. You fascist. Like, <laughs> right? And I I don't really re- uh, agree with Roger Ebert on most things, but I'm like, yeah, I just don't get this. And I'm not trying to be contrarian. I just legitimately don't understand it. So if you like this movie, you can tell me why. I just don't really see. I took away this time that I enjoy the movie. I think it's a fun movie, but I don't think it's like a good movie. I don't go like, wow, this is like the Godfather. You know, like this is like one of those like, oh, the usual suspects. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's Kaiser Soze, man. But, like, I don't go, like, when the aliens come and are and we're destroyed and, and like, the scene from Battlefield Earth, I'm eating rats and learning the alien language and, and rediscovering <laughs> my culture in the Library of Congress as I'm, <laughs> like, removing the dust and discovering Harrier jets and and reading the Constitution and I also grab the usual suspects. <laughs> like, I, I don't think, like, I don't hold it to that esteem like a lot of people do. Like, this is not the movie that I'm going to grab and remember my culture and where we came from and what we're capable of. <laughs> like that, that movie is obviously that we would hold on to. And the Pacifier. I was going to say Pootie Tang, but yeah. Pootie Tang. Tippy-ta, tippy-tay. Okay, um, so if, if someone's this far into the, the podcast, you can't really recommend it, right? Because you kind of spoiled it. Oh, I still recommend to watch this movie. 
We definitely spoiled it, but even with the spoil, it's still good. I think it's like generic and and like I okay, if you're a person, you know you like this movie already, but if you're a person who likes to go back and kind of analyze the mystery, you and all the other nerds are going to love this because there's so many little hints here and there. I think you're right. The hints aren't obvious, but they're there that point to it being verbal cunt the entire time. But it's just like real life with Kevin Spacey. The signs were there and no one really said anything. And <laughs> we only care so much to a certain extent. This is all just a commentary on Kevin Spacey's like raping. Yeah. And Brian Singer. Let's. Well, <laughs> They're begging to be caught. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Brian Singer specifically wanted, uh, wanted, uh, what's his face, verbal to like to be played by Kevin Spacey, and I can't imagine why at their um their rape orgies they've been to together. Yeah, they <laughs> couple parties <laughs> that they were at um, together. What I do recommend is the behind the scenes stuff is more interesting about um. It's kind of like how if you want to listen to two men up their own asses about their film, you can listen to the commentary <laughs> track. Um, also, um, Kevin Pollock turns on Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey after the allegations comes out. He goes, "Oh yeah, everyone knew about that shit." Like, like it's funny to like to go in hindsight and like watch people just fucking turn tables and say, "Oh yeah, we knew about that shit." I'm like, "Yo, you didn't say anything." Oh, now, now we're so vocal about it, huh? Well, well, now that everyone can talk about it and not worry about their jobs and getting another acting career. I just want to thank Harvey Weinstein for this opportunity. Harvey Weinstein, who believed in us and made this movie. Harvey and Bob Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Thank you, Harvey Weinstein. Especially Harvey. So thank you, Shane, for uh, making me spend my Sunday morning talking about a movie that neither of us really like that much. <laughs> you know, on the subject of gay rapists, um, I just started watching a very English scandal. And uh, Hugh Grant, um, there's a scene where he walks in, and just you can picture how Hugh Grant acts, right? Like, very Hugh Granty, like, oh, just, just stuttering, and but I'm charming at the same time. Uh, yeah. And he walks in, he goes, well, what, what, hello, Bunny, how are you doing? And Bunny is a man played by Ben Wishaw from... Uh, Oh, from uh, 007. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's the the lover and he he Hugh Grant puts petroleum jelly on the counter and he goes, "Okay, on all fours." <laughs> Dang. It's... That's like banging That's the sequel to Mary Poppins called Banging Mr. Banks because he plays the uh the the son in the uh, and then Mary Poppins like sequel. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's just like it's it's the title is right. It's a very English scandal. It's like, what up? On our fours? Chip, chip. <laughs> As you were. And a one, and a two, and a... <laughs> I'm going to insert that scene right there, and that's where we're going to end it. Uh, I did not have sexual relations with those children. <laughs> God. This is... This is a deep one. I like how you will say, "Man, we're bad." As you just said that, it's like it's like you're realizing the like the moral repercussions of the things you just said. As if it's like, "Man, back then was a terrible thing I said," but now you just fucking said it. <laughs> I believe in free speech. All right. <laughs> That's literally what Stephen Baldwin says. I'm using the freedom of assembly right now. My like, God, fucking fuck you. Read fuck this the movie. fucking rule. <laughs> <laughs> Learn the rules. <laughs> 
What are the rules? Well, okay. see y'all uh, next time where we watch uh, Predator. <laughs> oh, that's how you end it. Predators, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just watched a movie about Predators. Now we'll watch The Predator. We can watch Predators. I've never seen that one. I've never seen the uh, the one with the Adrian Brody and Forrest Whitaker. Isn't that one like on Earth? Or is that one? That one's like on some like random planet that the Predators drop them on and then hunt them. It's really dumb uh, okay. to see Adrian Brody as an action hero. It's just not what he's built for. You prefer him to be a dying Jew? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tonight, controversial actor Kevin Spacey facing four counts of sexual assault against three men in the United Kingdom after years of alleged sexual misconduct claims. Oh, and, uh, and we're very excited to be here for season three. The Crown Prosecution Service, or CPS, charging Spacey after reviewing evidence gathered in an investigation by the Metropolitan Police. And like that? Okay, um, so uh, before we start, because I want to use this later in the podcast. You said you're recording, right? Yeah. Okay, I want to have a bet with you. How long do you think we can talk about this film before we spoil the ending? I thought you were going to say rape. No, I'm sure (laughs) not that out of the gate. I want to know... How how long do you think we can actually talk about this film without spoiling the ending? Ooh. Now that I've been told, I think I think we can go pretty far. Okay. I give us 15 minutes. <laughs> how long I was do say, you it's think? It's kind of one of the things that I wrote that I love about it, so. That's the okay. That's the whole point of this. <laughs> so. I, really it's not really a movie, it's just a t- plot twist. <laughs> okay, cool. So we're on the same fucking page where we start this. Okay, great. Because the yeah. whole movie just undoes itself in the last 10 minutes. And you go, okay. what the fuck? What's the point of that? So this podcast is pointless then, right? We're on the same page. We can move on. <laughs> it doesn't mean okay. I don't like the journey. It's just stupid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We made 24 minutes, by the way.